Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew. Hey, it's Dr. Homebrew, everybody. We are back. Thank you very much for tuning into this lovely, lovely edition of us judging homebrews. Uh, well, me drinking homebrews and going, mm-hmm, yep, I totally get that taste. And then, you know, Brian and Brian actually, you know, judging homebrews. But, uh, you know, whatever, man. That's the, the price I pay for, for being really cool. You know what I mean? Is uh, I just get to drink everybody's homebrew. I'm JP, of course. And then with me, as always, are Brian and Brian. And then apparently we have a third Brian on. So we're back to the Council of Brian's. Um, and I can't wait for Brian Shar to make like 10 jokes about it that each take four minutes long. Well, I'm sorry to disappoint you, JP. I was going to, I'm disappointed myself because we were going to have a show with four Brian's. And I'm not oh, sure wow. that the internet or Earth or anybody could have withstood that. So no. we were only going to have a show with three Brian's. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, that's all right. Brian Mills, welcome, dude. Thank you. Yeah, Brian's a repeat offender, too. That's right. <clears throat> That's right. I think I, he's... I, I keep coming back for more punishment. <laughs> yeah, well, someone yeah, has to, enough. man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Before we get to your beer, though, I do want to thank our fine sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com right now and learn all about the lovely people and the chemicals that they push onto you. They are chemical pushers. I don't know if, don't know if they're necessarily considered drug pushers, but uh, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, you know, Colorado, you never know anymore. Uh, but Five Star Chemicals, clean and sanitized. We all know that's the foundation for making good beer. I mean, you could say, oh, yeah, fermentation. And it's, 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 it's nothing supersedes cleanliness and sanitary uh, work conditions for anything, really. Uh, but if you have a dirty yeah. fermenter or a, a dirty gunk in your ball valve or your butterfly valve or whatever, that's going to interfere with your fermentation. If your fermentation's perfect, if your mash temps are perfect, but you have mung, in your hole, you know what I mean, for lack of a better phrase. Yeah, uh, you don't want that. It's gonna suck, PBW dude. You can take care of that for you. In a, yeah, in a jiffy. You spend I, hours at the homebrew shop, like selecting the perfect ingredients for your beer, put, piecing the recipe together, right. working on perfect water chemistry, and then you got mung in your hole. You don't need mung in your hole, man. Actually, I just yeah. used PBW in a brewing application, in a brewing setting, for like the first time in like three years. Uh, well, maybe maybe more like two because I did have like the Pico brew, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I have the brew the Bruzilla uh, from More like. Beer, yeah, and uh, I fired that thing up just to do a test batch all the way through, and geez, Louise, that thing is quiet. You'll never know it's on, and it and it goes to temp, man. It it I didn't time it, but it took. I would guess under an hour to get from like 64 to like 150. Is and it just, on 20 volt or is it 220? Yeah. No, no, 120. Or 240. 110. Yeah. yeah, 110, 220. Yeah, it was one, 110. No, 110. It has two elements, so it's like 1500 watt. And um, just right. put on both elements, hit that fucking pump, which you can barely hear anyways. And uh, yeah, so anyway, I ran through all that and, uh, you know, cleaned all the machining oils and stuff like you're supposed yeah. to really do. Um, but you can smell it like through the PBW coming up, you know, off the top. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty Did nice. you your PG&E bill yet? Or you like you see the spike on the day? Well, we tier four. We just got a hot tub, bro. We were tier four fucking last month because our hot tub was is a whole is a whole thing. Like it gets windy and I didn't have the 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 clips installed to like, you know, keep the 
the lid down. Oh, so it was no. like two days where like the lid had blown open, and so it's probably just running fucking twenty four hours. It sucked. Anyway, we we got thoroughly boned on our PG&E bill the last two months, as a matter of fact. And so... Um, Christmas first, lights, too. Yeah. yeah first world problems here. I you know, know, it really oh, is, dude. I feel terrible about it because it's like, oh, my God. But, you know, still... Eh. I don't know. Whatever, man. Hey, yeah. we saved for it, so we can do, <laughs> we can do it. Anyway, PBW, Star Sand, that's the combo, the winning combo, uh, especially for me, for, for the beer I'm going to brew. I'm hoping this... We- it's probably not going to be this weekend. Maybe next week it'll be a mild ale. Um, with Kvike yeast. Why? I don't know. Why not? <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, I was going to home brewer. You're going to experiment. I'm going to. I'm yeah. Look, I'm a home brewer. I'm going to totally fuck shit up if I want to. <laughs> and that's really the you know how we do the things. Yeah. yeah um, I was, it up. I was texting uh, Nate Smith and I'm like, hey, I'm going to do a, a you know we're texting about miles because we do that from time to time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what do you think about with a Kvike yeast? He goes, yeah, that could be good. I'm like, all right, fuck it. You're, uh, you're mild it. bros. We are mild bros. Mildly mild bros. <laughs> uh, all right, Brian Mills. What what beer did you send us, dude? I sent you a pale ale. Oh, see, that's this, this is it, what I'm talking it about. Was not brewed with Vikings. Oh, thank you. Well, yeah, yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> I feel like that is uh, appropriate. Um, first pale ale. I'm going to guess not. I'm just going to assume no. I've done a couple of them. First one with this particular hop. Okay, okay, so. okay. We probably shouldn't. Well, I don't know, judges. Tell, do you want to know now? Later. Tell us yeah, later. Okay. I'll, well, we get the recipe. I'll tell you. Like, I that was the main reason I wanted the feedback. Okay, for this. So we're 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 checking out flavors. I do like to know sometimes what to what we're tasting the beer for. Do you know what I mean? Whether it's you yeah. just want opinion, or do you want recipe, or if you taste some mung in your hole. Um, <laughs> if it's so, some kind of you know ditch hops that he found yeah. somewhere of unknown variety that just might might be poisonous, might not. Who knows? Might not. Uh, just so you know, my tasting glass is my Olympia beer goblet because I read today that like they're not going to make Olympia anymore, and that makes me sad oh. for some reason. So hmm. there you go. Cheers to Olympia. Uh, all right, Brian Shar, <laughs> why don't you go first? Right. Ooh, all right. Just because you're looking well. professional. I'm feeling professional there, JP. Well, there you go. Uh, you know, I'm. thank you for sharing this American Pale Ale with us. Uh, I Bottle inspection was fine. I opened it up, and there was very little hiss. So uh, I'll be curious what Brian's experience was with that. Uh, but it, usually you open up an American Pale Ale, and it, it's not like you're opening a triple or something that's got, you know, four volumes of CO2, but it's a pretty authoritative hiss. And this, this had very little. Uh, aroma uh, started off with kind of a low two-row malt and low citrus, uh, citrusy hop aroma. No off aromas or diacetyl. I got sort of a low aroma overall. And after it's warmed up, this is uh, the sample, the, the same beer that I opened up about an hour 15 ago to judge. And but actually more like an hour and a half at this point. And it's warmed up, and the aroma overall has gotten a little bigger. I wouldn't call it low. I'd call it more medium low at this point. Uh, But still a little lower hop character than I would expect for uh, an American pale. Uh, So you have it 6 out of 12 for aroma. Uh, Appearance, uh, 2 out of 3. Golden color, crystal clear, that's great. Uh, Minimal head that is very persistent. If you can see 
that that little tiny bit of head is just around the the very edge of the glass. And I did repour. Uh, it's that's not from an hour and a half ago. That's from repouring some additional uh, beer about uh, the beginning of the show. Uh, but that was two out of three. Uh, flavor. Initially, the flavor I thought was a very pleasant floral uh, citrus hop uh, flavor uh, character. Malt comes in at a medium level. Uh, malt comes up to match that uh, mid palate, along with kind of medium bitterness to balance both it in kind of a medium level. Uh, finish is short and balanced. Uh, I like the hop choices, whatever. I'll, I'll be curious what you used because they really played well together and I thought were, were very tasty. But again, it was just kind of not, uh, this is not an IPA, but I, I think I wanted a little more hop flavor and maybe a little bit more hop character out of the flavor. So I gave this 11 out of 20. Uh, Mouthfeel, uh, three out of five, uh, very low carbonation, uh, to me almost watery. Uh, slight warming, neither creamy nor astringent. Uh, and overall, uh, five out of 10 for a, a total score of 27, which is good. Uh, and I think that fundamentally, I think this is probably a really good beer, and I may have just gotten a bottle that maybe had some capping issues or maybe wasn't as carbonated. Uh, the fundamental issue with this beer to me is the carbonation uh, because the extremely low carbonation really, I think, affects the aroma. The aroma probably would be perfect if it had that carbon dioxide kind of lifting the aroma out of the beer into the glass where it was more noticeable. Uh, you know, it kind of affects, it definitely affects the body, uh, not having the carbonation at a level where, where it should be. And it also affects the flavor by having kind of the lack of the carbonic bite and having that that prickliness kind of lift some things off your tongue and, and make it a little more lively. Uh, I think the choices, I even before you mentioned hops, I noticed I really liked the hop flavor. I thought that the whatever hop choice or combination of hops you used was real, real good. Uh, there's no off flavors. I mean, your your the technique that I, I I'm not really getting anything objectionable about this at all. It's just, to me, the root cause of why this is not, you know, a 37 instead of a 27 is carbonation. And that may be a singular issue with the, the bottle that I, that I had. So thank you for sharing. And I'm curious about uh, Brian Cooper's experience. Here we go. I'm going to open one right now in front of my little microphone here. And I, okay. I, yeah. I didn't hear anything. Yeah. That, this one's about as low as the one I had last night. So I had the, the benefit of having uh, two bottles. So uh, yeah, we'll go with this and, and I'll pour it straight down the glass as you do when you're, when you're judging. It does, it does throw up a, you know, there's some, there's carbonation in it. Oh, wow. This glass is not beer clean, is it? <laughs> oh, wow. Come on, Cooper. Well, and it's oh, a mason for jar life. for God's sakes. You call yourself a doctor of homebrew? You don't scrub in with your glassware before the show? Yeah, this came straight out of the dishwasher. It's just, uh, <laughs> yeah. It smells like dishwasher detergent. And uh, yeah, it's a little chunky in there, you know. Uh, <laughs> kind of palm olive Yeah, palm olive No, um, I really, I do agree a lot with a lot of what Brian said there. Uh, let's start with a low hiss there. Uh, and the nose comes through with a light uh, resiny and citrusy hop at first. I thought I got, I was, I was grasping at something in there. I thought maybe I got a little faint bubblegum ester just immediately, immediately after pouring it. And it went into hiding soon after that. But 
I couldn't really find it again, or, or else I was just trying to imagine what it might have been, and that's something else. But there's an interesting Esther in there, and I got a little interesting Esther character in the flavor too. But um, you know, it wasn't super unusual. Like, whoa, that's super weird. It just it kind of plays with it, and it pops yep. through a little more than it would if the hops were a little more in the forefront. Yeah, uh, Brian, not, not to interrupt you, but I had the same thought, and I thought maybe just a very fleeting when I poured it. You know, the, from the, the bottle I'd opened like an hour and a half ago, maybe 20 minutes back, I got just a fleeting, almost like a fusel, but then I didn't anymore. And I thought, I'm, I'm not going to even bring it up because it's probably just, a, you know, a, an anomaly of whatever I, I happen to be smelling right then. But we both experienced that, and I, I'm not sure what it was. Yeah, there was something that just zinged by. Uh, like, okay, did I get? I, I, I might not have gotten it in time, but it was there. Uh, bubblegum? Space junk of uh, the beer world. Yeah, it, 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 it cruised through our solar system uh, at an immense speed from another solar system and uh, uh, an alien world somewhere, probably not even our uh, galaxy. Anyway, it, there's a kind of bready malt underneath, the, uh, underneath the, the hop, or kind of even with the hops almost, but it's faintly biscuity and caramelly, a little bit of caramel. Otherwise, just fairly unassuming. I kind of agree that it's, the beer is a little underwhelming. In the nose, um, the, the hop smell that is there is nice, and it is a good blend, like Brian said. But uh, and there's no DMS or diacetyl. Um, it seems clean. It's just hmm, okay. Does that scream American Pale Ale? I mean, yeah, I don't want an IPA either, but well, maybe a little more hop for sure. Um, the color is nice. It's kind of a medium, rich, medium golden color um, with good clarity. A low whitish head that fades fairly soon after pouring. This one's actually sticking around a little better. Maybe it's my glass, <laughs> the enhancing palm olive effect. Um, <laughs> yep. Mostly finer bubbles with, with wisps of foam covering the beer after a while. And in the flavor, there's a low malt with the bread, uh, bread and hints of biscuit. I thought I got like a medium-low apricot-like ester. You know what I'm getting, though, as I retaste it? I'm getting kind of a like a wordy taste to it. And it's just, I think it's just because the carbonation is so low that just the wordiness of the malt comes through. Um, and there's not much else for the, for it to hide behind. So mm-hmm. um, I don't get the feeling that it's under attenuated. I'd say, you know, the finish is, is uh, semi dry, but it's not, it's not bone dry. It's not, it's not sweet to, or cloying to by any stretch of the imagination. Um, the bitterness is quite faint as well. And that, that's another thing that could be adjusted here to, um, you know, your bitterness should be at least towards medium here, and it's just kind of really faint. And again, the hoppiness in general is just low, too low overall for the for the style, both the flavor and the bittering. And some people may prefer a pale ale that's a lot less hopped than than some of the modern interpretations of it. But even in the '90s, it's you know, yeah. Go ahead, JP. <laughs> no, oh, I was you, raising you my hand saying I prefer yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but this takes it a little a step lower, <laughs> you know, balance just slightly actually to the malt on this, I would say. And, uh, the fermentation again, fairly clean, uh, no, no major off flavors here. So, you know, uh, pretty decent. I gave it 11 out of 20 on the flavor. Um, mouthfeel wise, medium light bodied with medium low CO2, um, just too low for the style. Uh, there's no warmth or astringency or any kind of bite here just dulled overall with a little bit of spritziness. There's no, no real hop phenols here to give a little bite 
it's still smooth. It's not, not creamy or slick or anything else weird. It's just kind of towards where it should be. Um, three out of five for mouthfeel. Um, overall, it's, you know, it's a pleasant beer. It goes down fairly smoothly. Uh, it's, a, it's an easy drinker. I didn't have any problem getting it down. Uh, seems cleanly brewed, just misses the mark on the, you know, the hoppiness and, and the bitterness and the CO2 that should be more prominent. That's going to, you know, the CO2 affects everything. It's going to push all of those flavors up and push the hop that's obviously in there uh, out into your nose a little better. So, um, but yeah, the bitterness does need to come up. CO2 needs to come up and, and, you know, probably the aroma hops a little bit too. Um, you know, something to counterbalance that malt. So yeah, late hops, dry hops, if you used them, it's well fermented, lacking any serious flaws. I gave it, I let it on a 30. I was like, well, is it a 29? Is it a 30? So I was like, okay, I'll give it a 29 and a half. Uh, I, I, I gave it, I gave it a 30, but then I wrote 29 and a half question mark. I'm like, it's like right between, that would put it right between good and very good. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's in that territory. It is fairly good. So is that, that that's is kind of good, better than good or pretty good. It's yeah. Kind of I mean, good. Pretty, yeah. Pretty, like, pretty good. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty good. Everyone scales. Circled, uh, yeah, right, right. circled both of them. Like it's, it's right in between. Everyone's scale is different. Uh, before I start asking you questions, uh, third Brian. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with the other Brian's for sure. I get, I get a little scorched work. I get a little like, I don't want to say burny, but a little burn, a little, just a little bit. Um, and maybe that's a malt choice uh, with the hops. I, you know, I don't know. Uh, but I echo what everybody else is saying. It is a little too thin for pale. It tastes more like like a slightly hoppy ESB. Did you say you're getting burny in this beer? I'm getting burnt. I wish. Uh, <laughs> my king, my liege. Give me health care. Source of the hops. So that's is, it, is he wearing mittens? <laughs> that's yeah, what Vermont, I think Vermont is. Uh, that, that's what I. That's my you know opinion about what's what's going on. It's a little thin. It does need a little more hop character. The malt it needs a little more body. But there is like some sort of like burnt scorched wort thing going on. Um, but before all that, what do you guys think about the hops? Because that's what was the main reason uh, Brian sent the beer in. What about hop flavor, hop aroma? Uh, does that work with? A beer like this? I think the hop flavor does. I think that the aroma would, and to the extent that I got some, it did. I think if there was some more CO2 kind of lifting that out, it mm -hmm. would definitely work. I get, I mean, I'm interested to see what the, the hop is because I do get almost like a fruity tropical thing. Yeah. Is that like a new school hop? And maybe that doesn't work with like a crystal malty pale ale. I was getting odd fruitiness, like and yeah. the bubble gum is another ester. There was something that could odd be in there. that could be the yeah apricot in the flavor a little bit, or just something yeah stone fruit, or maybe a little tropical. You might be right. Yeah, well, you see, it's going to be like cluster and galena. When, when, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Brian, when you were saying uh, bubble gum, you know, to me that could be like the like a fruitier, brighter, like hubba bubba, but on like a papaya level. You know what I mean? There could be, I could see some crossover where you might get that. Um, Mills, why don't you go ahead and uh, explain yourself? You put fruit the stripe gum in the beer, I think. <laughs> that is what it is. I dry striped it. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, man. Uh, so like as, as simply as I can put it, it's the Sierra Nevada pale ale recipe um rather than crystal 60 i had a, a cara munich available so I'm like that was a substitution and it is whole leaf cascade but they're growing in my backyard uh, oh. 
So what you're tasting is essentially the Pennsylvania version of Cascade hops. And, cool. and I totally agree that like it, it is a little, it is a different beer coming out of the keg. Uh, when I cracked, I, I bottled a bunch of these for a, a, a work virtual happy hour. And that was about a month and a half ago. And I, I, I popped one open here this evening and, and I too got the, the very little hiss coming out of it. And I was like, uh, that's not good. <laughs> it, it, it is, it is a better beer coming out of the keg uh, yeah. with more carbonation. There may be a little oxidation going on here too. I didn't mention it. It's not yeah. dirty, but it's a little, it's coming up on a little papery. Yeah, and that's good on you growing your own hops. You know, it's the uh, the the curse. Kegging is great, and not having to bottle is great. Uh, the 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 bane of kegging is when you go to bottle. And you know, I've I've been there. I'm sure JP and Cooper have been there too. You have a great beer. You bottle it off the tap, and you open it up later. It's like, oh man, there's like half the carbonation I want to have in there. A quarter of the carbonation I wanted. Yeah. And, and when I first did these, um, so we did our, our, like our virtual happy hour with work, uh, the week between Christmas and new year's. And it was a pretty quick bottling job for about two cases. Um, so I, like, I knew I wasn't taking the utmost care with it, but then I had about half a case left over and I was like, well, what do I do with all these bottles now? So <laughs> you guys were the beneficiary. So your bottle um, for your coworker is not a competition where you actually care yeah. about. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I bottled them in two days later, we were drinking them and I knew that's, that was what was going to happen. So, you know, I, I, there wasn't as much risk there. I mean, they, they were clean, they were sanitized, but like I probably would have taken a little bit more care if I knew they were going to be lasting longer. Traveling across the country and picked apart by picky ass bastards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and me. Fucking Brian's. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Giving your beer to Brian's, you're taking your chances. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Yeah. The hops, the hops quality is actually pretty good in the nose and I'd like more of it. And, and the CO2 probably did help, like you said, but yeah, what's there yeah, is I, good. Yeah. yeah. I had, out of what I got out of the backyard, I think this year, this, this past fall, um, was about 60 some ounces dried. So, um, I, I mean, I had plenty, I I did send them off for testing. So I knew the alpha acid and that helped going into it. And I, you know, I just had to make a little bit of adjustments to the, the recipe that Sierra Nevada has on their website. Yeah. Where, where did your alphas land at? 7%. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, it's it's in the range. Yeah, so. very good. Um, yeah, it was it was it was interesting to like. I did this with um, my homebrew club, Lebanon Area Fermenters. Nice. Um, so we did a our last uh, two homebrew club meetings ago, where we did our, our virtual club meeting. Before that, we did a like a socially distanced beer exchange where we all bottled our beers. Mm-hmm. So I took this one. And you know, bottled them for all the guys who were participating, and gave them a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. And we sat there in our virtual <laughs> meeting, just going back and forth between the two. It was fun just to taste the difference between you know that brewed with you know Northwest Cascade versus our Pennsylvania Cascade. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's really cool. And you know, you mentioned the Sierra Nevada recipe, and just having had a sip again just now, uh, you can definitely taste the Cara uh, Munich. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I when I sent this in, I, I I considered 
having you judge it as a clone beer, but I knew there was enough difference that that wouldn't I wouldn't have made I it. I really just wanted the feedback on on the hops. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're yeah. in the neighborhood and I can imagine tasting it fresh off the keg. It, it's it's probably a lot closer yet. So yeah. you know, pretty good job getting into the neighborhood with the hops that you have and the uh, the, you know, having to substitute a little bit, uh, it's, it's right there, you know, seems like strength wise and yeah, definitely a fresh Sierra Nevada is going to have a lot more, uh, bitterness <laughs> and, yeah. uh, yeah. Um, yeah. That, that, with the more carbonation, like you were saying, the, the bitterness does stand out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 7% yeah. alpha is pretty good for homegrown hops and good on you for getting that analyzed. Cause that's always kind of the the difficulty of using homegrown hops for bittering is you, unless you get them tested, you have no idea you know what, what doing, the alphas right? are. Right. Uh, and it's interesting too, you'll get, hops are a lot like wine grapes in a lot of ways because where you grow them does have a huge effect on, on their flavor. I mean, isn't Mandarina Bavaria essentially cascade grown in Germany? Something like that. Uh, I don't know uh, enough. I I remember hearing a story of Cascade being shipped overseas somewhere, and it was Mm. so different that they couldn't even call it Cascade anymore. (laughs) Yeah, and Argentina, like I've had some some show made with, uh, maybe it was one of those Sierra Nevada Southern Hemisphere uh, beers they Mm. make every now and then. Uh, but I've had some sort of beer in the past with Cascades grown in Argentina. That's a, it's a very different flavor, very different aroma than yeah. Cascade grown in you know Oregon, Washington, Idaho up there. Yeah, uh, yeah. The Mandarina Bavaria is a, is a daughter of Cascade along with Hollertel Blanc. Okay, Hall, daughter of Cascade. Hall, okay. Helen, released in 2012. So yeah, it's not not a straight transplant but yeah i'm sure okay. they do taste way different if you grow on the germany oh yeah for sure yeah. totally yeah uh all right well if that's it brian we'll let you go yeah that's it i cool. appreciate it all right yeah thanks man yeah yeah thanks, thanks for sending for that in. thank you no problem all right man take it easy see ya uh, okay we're gonna take a quick break we're going to get uh justin uh our next guest on and he has a black ipa so uh we're gonna do that we're gonna come back where we speak with justin drinking some black ipa which i feel like it's been a hot minute haven't had a black IPA in a long time, so uh, They're coming no, back that'll around, be fun. Yeah. Are they really? Damn. Yeah. Mm. I will never call it a Cascadian Dark Ale. Don't miss mm. me. Miss me with those fucking DMs if anybody gets all pissy <laughs> about it. I don't care. It's a black yeah. a black IPA. Mm. Uh, hang on, everybody. Still, yeah. It's uh, Dr. Homebrew. We're going to be right back. Thanks for hanging on, everybody. This is Dr. Homebrew. We are back with Justin, who sent in the Black IPA. Justin, welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me, Hi, guys. Man. Yeah, for he sure. Just send in a Black IPA. He is local. He de- hand-delivered. Hand-delivered. Mm-hmm. Nice. I appreciate that. Is this the first Black IPA you've ever done? I'm gonna it get- is my very first Black IPA, yes. Oh, man. What- it, was, it was brewed out of necessity. <laughs> why because you you just had like a black malt hanging around and you need to use it I, it's the only thing i, I can I, think of i had a hankering for 21st amendment black and back oh i couldn't find it it yeah. was not in the shops mm-hmm. anyway it's it's so. yeah back in black i feel like black and back is a different beer sorry i just wanted to make the joke really uh okay well that's cool man i'll have to tell sully all about that unless he's probably listening he knows we're talking about him, unfortunately, all the time. Well, Brian Cooper, 
you know, yeah, there you go. Snap that. I'm going to pour it. Yeah. A light little hiss there. Um, all right. Black IPA. It's been a hot minute since I've had one of these, so it's kind of nice to come back to it. Uh, it's a, uh, in the nose, it's got a pleasant, moderate, resiny hop character up front with some citrusy notes as well. Uh, low dark malt character. It doesn't smell burnt or, or too rich in the nose. Um, just medium, low, generally fruity esters. Uh, not, 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 nothing's poking out too weird there. Um, I'm not getting any real carameliness or anything underneath the you know, just the base malt and the dark malt um, or any, any other real standout malt character. So it's pretty clean. The hops shine over that, you know, a little bit of malt, dark malt character. That's nice. Uh, clean beer, no DMS, diacetyl, anything like that. Um, and it's, it smells, yeah, clean, dry. Uh, it, it doesn't smell like it's going to be a sweet beer to me. It smells kind of like, okay, this is probably a dry, but... Sometimes you get to the flavor and it'll change around on you. So um, appearance-wise, it's a it's a rich dark brown, almost black colored beer. Uh, you can, if you look at the corners of the glass, you can see some mahogany, uh, you know, in there. Just, and there's some kind of ruby highlights in the corners. Uh, it's it's a good dark brown, and that's a nice place to be for this beer. It had a kind of a creamy head, uh, mostly finer bubbles. Seems like good clarity as well. Got kind of a little glow when you look at the the edges and uh so that seems fine modestly good retention it didn't stick around forever but i forgave it for that uh looks like it looks like the beer should look for the most part three out of three for appearance uh medium high in the flavor uh citrusy and resiny hops up front again at a nice level you're getting a little little esteriness to it there too with that and that plays with the you know the estuary fermentation byproducts play nicely with a little bit of um you know fruity fruity uh hop flavors it's got a medium low dark malt character just a bit more prominent here in than in the uh the nose possibly uh shining through uh a little more due to the, the very dry finish it's low smooth alcohol uh seems cleanly fermented yeah you know and the, the malt did have just a hint of some coffee and chocolate nothing too biting or harsh uh, but it is a bit on the acidic side, so that pops a little bit, but not offensive. It's it's clean and it works with the works with the beer. But I do get a little bit of uh, dark roast coffee in the aftertaste as well. So not just a dark malt there, uh, it, but good flavor. Uh, Mouthfeel wise, it's smooth overall. There's no biting uh, astringency, but you can you can definitely feel the hops, kind of the polyphenol, and a little bit of kind of a resiny feel as if it's like dry hopped. But yeah, uh, just a hint of a bite also from the darkest malts. I wouldn't call it astringent. Uh, it's also not not a creamy beer at all. And there's no obvious alcohol warmth here. It seems kind of middle of the road st- strength-wise for, for IPA. A nice place to be. It's, it's, it's got some alcohol, you know, six and a half-ish, I would guess. But I'm, I won't guess. Uh, overall impression, of re- very pleasant drinking black IPA. Uh, with some nice quality hop choices. I'd like to know what you put in there. The darkest malts shine through just a bit heavy in the flavor. Um, the color is plenty dark, so you can actually adjust these dark, uh, downward uh, and not lose the color. You can also play around with the way that you're, you're adding them. I'd like to know how you added the darkest malts, you know, if you're using carafa or, or what you're doing, if you put it in the mash the whole time or if you just sparge through it or if you just, uh, you, you know, uh, dipped it in a bag in your in your boil or whatever you did there's a lot of different ways you can try to 
get the color without getting all that uh, flavor. Um, you know, just add them later in the mash. Sometimes there's little little tricks, but uh, sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. But you know, so, uh, sometimes you can just start low too in the mash and and you know, or, or, or sparging through something, and then you can always steep some more if you don't quite get to the color you want. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and also work maybe work with the the water a little bit, the acidity uh, being a little lower will extract a little more tannins. Again, it's not astringent or super biting, but it's it's kind of a fine point, but it's definitely a little leaning towards the acidic side with everything that's going on here. And uh, so, you know, I gave it a, a 37. I thought it was a, a, a very high end, a very good uh, beer. It just yeah, could use a little, little touch of fine tuning. I don't really get any, any flaws. So yeah, maybe, it, maybe I should have gone a little higher, but I want to see what Brian thought about it. We didn't even discuss this one before we uh, <laughs> maybe I should have live here. Maybe yeah. should have gone a little bit higher, but I'm not going to back. I'm not going to fix it now. It's fine. I can care. <laughs> okay, uh, Brian. Brian Shaw. So this is how you can. This is how you can tell we're both you know awesome uh, you know uh, uh, grandmaster level judges is we both landed right about the same uh, score mm-hmm. without having to talk about it or calibrate because we're you know we're just that good, right? That's Brian? right. <laughs> oh, Brian even turned off his video for that. Oh, wow. <laughs> Brian uh, left. You know, it's interesting, Justin, when you mentioned uh, Back in Black, because I was never a big fan of Black IPA overall, but I always really liked Back in Black. And I was drinking this thinking, man, this tastes like Back in Black, uh, which is kind of your, your inspiration here. So, uh, and I could definitely, could definitely tell. Uh, the aroma, uh, inviting perfumey aroma with an earthy, minty northern brewer kind of character to me. Uh, hop aromas at a medium to high level. Uh, there's some hints of piney, resinous hop aroma also. Uh, get a low dark slash chocolate uh, malt note also. No off aromas. Very harmonious. That to me is always the most difficult part of a black IPA is making everything work together because so many hops don't play well with dark malt and especially the sea hops, right? When black IPA first became in vogue, all the sea hops, right? The Centennial, Citrus, Cascade, uh, 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 Citra, uh, Columbus in particular, uh, none of those to me really work that well with with dark malt and people were shoveling all kinds of sea hops into black ipa and it just it just didn't work uh but i'll be definitely curious about your hop choices because your your hop both the flavor and the aroma really is harmonious with the dark malts you use so 10 out of 12 for aroma uh appearance uh two out of three uh very dark brown slash black uh very clear as far as it's possible to tell I knocked it off for a point just because the head is very low and not terribly persistent. Uh, it's a minor point, uh, just just one point. Uh, but it's that's the reason for that score. Flavor initially, the flavor is dark malt and chocolate, uh, kind of a medium level. I don't get really a lot of of roast or toast character, which roast character really is I think generally inappropriate for a, a black IPA. So it, it should be more of a chocolatey character to the dark malt, in, in my view. And that's kind of the direction that I think this beer went. There's some earthy slash piney hop flavor uh, that comes up in mid-palate to medium-high level, <laughs> as does the bitterness. 
Finish is long and balanced. It's well attenuated, uh, 15 out of 20. Mouthfeel, four out of five. Body is medium. There's some warming, neither creamy nor astringent. It, it was a little lower in carbonation than I, I would have liked for an IPA, but it's, it's a minor ding, uh, and that's the reason for the four out of five. Overall impression, eight for a total score of 39, which is excellent. Like I said, I really don't care for black IPA, but I really like this one. Uh, and it makes me wish that uh, I could get you know the the commercial you know the back in black back on the shelves again because I <laughs> might go out and, and buy some and I probably should have bought more of it while it was available. Back yeah, in you're the, the reason it doesn't. It's, that's not out anymore. Yeah, that's, that's, nice. that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, you miss a beer and you can get in the na- well into the neighborhood and and almost have someone mistake it for the the actual beer. That's that's yeah. good. Yeah, it, exactly. I, it, I, I, the, for me, it, it tastes a lot like I remember remember back in black as well yeah. to it you know, that that kind of piney and you know black IPAs are not supposed to have all that roast and you guys covered it. I don't need to beat it up, but back in black to me did have a little bit of that more roasty edge than I think was to style, I guess. Um, so if you're, you know, you're, you're copying that, it's not out of that realm for me. I think it maybe needs a little more malt character or whatever, and a little more, um, hop flavor, but, uh, it's, yeah, it, it tastes, you're, you're, you're like 90% there. That's very yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. All, all I might do. And I guess it warms up here, kind of having another sip after it's come up to a lot closer to room temperature. It's still really good. Uh, and I get a little, just a little bit of roast character, but it's not overwhelming, and it certainly doesn't put it into yeah. like some different like American stout territory or anything like no, that. All no, I would no. do with this beer is change is is increase the carbonation a little. And in the last segment, we were talking the uh, same thing. If, if this is uh, from uh, from a keg, bottled from a keg, that's one of the hardest things to do when you're kegging is to get beer into a bottle and have it have the carbonation you want. But to me, that's about the only thing I'd really change uh, in, in this beer is the carbonation. Yeah. Well, adding a carbonation is also going to increase the acidity. So you might want to think about yeah. that in tandem because, you know, yeah. carbonic acid is CO2 in suspension. You're going you're gonna to make it a little more biting too. So maybe playing with the, the other, other chemistry of it too. And you know, possibly dark, drawing back the dark, dark malts a bit. JP, what, what what other malts would you add? You said maltiness. Yeah, I I, I said body, and I didn't mean it um, because I just took a sip from the bottle, and um, I'm, I was literally just playing that over in my mind because that's what I do is I play my errors over and over again. But I was like, this. Mm-hmm. What did I? I didn't mean that. I didn't mean it needs more body. Um, it, I, I think you do need to back off on on the roast malt a little bit, but I it. it I think maybe it's the hop flavor um, that I'm, I'm thinking of. I think it needs more of that piney. I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to like place that beer. I've only had it a couple of times, and that was a couple of years ago. So you know, I probably shouldn't even really um, talk on it. But it is a little it is a little bitey with the roast malt. But well, I, I but mean, I also yeah, feel like can, it's you know they can have a little bit of caramel in there or a little bit of you know yeah I don't want to put toastiness in here, but like maybe a dark caramel malt of no, some kind. Yeah, I mean also look. If you know, if we're talking like comparing this to commercial, you know, versions of this beer, I've had stout level, <laughs> you know, uh, tartness and shit from not tartness, but um, acidity from from dark malts from 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 it, black it IPAs. It does like, get tart wow. though sometimes, like it a tanginess can. to it. Yeah, it's like wow. So, but anyway, uh, let's hear from Justin. What is your recipe on this, dude? Thanks, guys. I'm I'm happy with that score. 
given it's my first black IPA. Um, <laughs> That's good. It, it, it was based on, on a back in black uh, clone recipe uh, from BYO a few years ago. Um, the, 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 the malt bill was um, 11 pounds of two row, uh, one and a quarter pounds of, of Munich malt. The recipe called for light Munich. I didn't have any, so it was a slightly darker Munich that I had, but mm-hmm. there's not yeah, there's not much between a light and a dark Munich really yeah. in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Um, Cara Munich, uh, 12 ounces of Cara Munich 2. Uh, Carafa special 12 ounces. Um, and that was it. It was mashed in at, um, uh, at, at 148. I kept it at 148 for 60 minutes. Um, then I did not do a step match. I normally do a step match. I didn't in this case. Um, uh, I, I don't know why. I, I, and I'll get to that a little later because I think I was a bit of a bit rushed that day, okay. um, which is one big process change that I, I really changed later on, which I, I'd be interested to know if you think this had an impact. Onto the boil, the hops were uh, Columbus at 60 minutes, an ounce, uh, Centennial, uh, two ounces at, at flame out, and some Columbus, one and a quarter ounce at flame out. So there was no Northern Brewer. It was a lot of sea, sea hops. <laughs> Going into oh, I I was I totally have to reevaluate my position on C hops and black IPA <laughs> then because though I, I remember back in the day that seemed to be an issue but no these hmm. maybe Columbus is the one that works I feel like they're the only ones that can I don't know yeah that maybe I think the C-hops nugget works yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. but uh, yeah when I when I was first brewing in in the early two thousands it was like. I loved hops, but I also wanted to make a, a stout. And I was like, well, what would happen if you took a stout and just added a bunch of hops to it? Because I had no idea what that would taste like. I'd never tasted anyone beer doing that. So I added a bunch of sea hops to a stout, and it was terrible, of course, you know. Yeah. But um, it was just weird. Uh, but I think maybe the, the roastiness, a rich roastiness combined with sea hops won't work. But in this case, there's not a lot of roastiness here. But I would say you, you put 12 ounces of the Carafa Special in there. That seems high, and it may be just because that's what you know, leaning towards this recipe as it is a little bit, a little bit richer on that side. But you might start with you know, uh, do do, and you put it all in the mash. I assume just like leave yeah. it out of the mash, um, sparge through it, if, or 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 steep it, and 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 uh, you know, use half of it at first, and just see if you get the color you want. Maybe taste the wort and see if you, see if it gets you there. Because like the less of that you can have in, in this beer, honestly, for me, the more it's going it's to be better uh, a black IPA. Because I, I really just want the hops to shine through. I want a little bit of that dark malt character, and then uh, you know. It's, but it's pretty. It's it's really nice. Yeah, I could I could easily match if we were discussing this in a in a competition. Brian and I probably just match each other's thirty nine and say it yeah. good. <laughs> it's a really nice beer. I I thought of of that when I first tried it, and I I really wanted to do something different with the darker malts, and so I just did an Irish stout where I didn't put the darker malts in in, in the mash. I put it in like the last uh, fifteen minutes of the mash. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't work out as well because it didn't. It, it turned out to be a really low ABV stout, mm-hmm. um, but ah. the flavor is great. So I think I'm going to do that more often of of later in the mash. Put the darker malts in. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And, you know, Brian was talking about putting a bunch of sea hops in a stout and thinking back to where I came to my bias against sea hops and dark beer. That's exactly the same thing, too, as I wanted to. I'm thinking, all right, here's like a chocolatey flavor and here's more like a citrus orange and your chocolate and oranges. That's a good combination. <laughs> 
I'm going to dump a bunch of these citrusy hops into my stout. And I think Cooper's exactly right, that it's the roast that maybe doesn't work with that more so than dark malt in, in general. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I was being brilliant. I'm like, boy, nobody's ever thought of trying this before. Like, (laughs) no, they just don't do it because it doesn't freaking work. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very weird. Nobody's ever thought about doing anything (laughs) in home brewing at all. Sometimes being a pioneer doesn't mean you're a pioneer. It means you're doing the same stupid thing that a 10,000 other people have tried before. They don't do it for a reason. Yeah. They didn't tell you about it because it's embarrassing. It didn't work. (laughs) Uh. You bet your, you bet your balls that if it worked, you people would know about it that's yeah. right yeah well uh easy ipas popped up a few years ago yeah, well, who would have thought that would work never yeah. me uh justin do you have any questions for the uh, for the boys or did they pretty much cover it so so one thing i did different which i'd be interested to get your your feedback on is yeah. at flame out i i then rather than chill it down with i've got a a um uh, 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 counterflow chiller. I didn't do it, and I didn't make notes as to why I didn't. I, I think I had something to do that day, and I I ran out. Um, so I took I took my I, I've got a Robo Brew, and so I just took the thermal jacket off nice. and and just let it c- yeah. come down to temperature normally, which um, in uh, from what I see in a, in Australia, home brewing scenes is a very common thing to do. I was going to say, um, yeah. <laughs> But but not so common here. But I did it out of necessity, and I, I wonder if that influenced anything. Doesn't seem to have harmed it in any way. Yeah, I mean the 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 danger there is just that you you know you lower the beer and and it has a, a longer time at that window to get any sort of bugs inside to take hold before your yeast. But I mean, nothing happened. Or it's uh, I mean, traveling through the, the temperature range where the SMMS converts into DMS, mm-hmm. but I'm not getting any DMS here either. So no. Yeah, I mean, maybe longer contact time with the hops. Maybe it, maybe it's yeah. some of that bitterness. I mean, is, if it was a, a, yeah, a Pils malt heavy beer, then maybe you'd have a problem, but yeah. no. no Pils malt in this one. Yeah, I mean, to me, if it's essentially closed the whole time uh, and obviously not you know sterilizably sealed, that level of sealing... But if it's closed, I mean, you've sterilized the interior by boiling. Uh, and it, presuming there aren't any major gaps that air can bring microbes in. Yeah, I mean, I'm not tasting any kind of infection or anything else. I mean, it's not probably even a safer process than that uh, Australian method of putting it in the cube uh, at 212 and then sealing it and leaving it overnight. Because at least then you're transferring and you might pick up something that might survive because you know, your temperature is starting to go down. And if you're not transferring at all, I mean, it should be a pretty safe process. Just don't leave it there for a week. Yeah. No, but thanks, yeah, guys. I, I really appreciate that. I'm, I'm yeah. pretty happy with that for my first attempt. So yeah. hopefully I can do better next time. I think We're it pretty great. happy drinking it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've thought about trying that no-chill method. I never have, but maybe now I will sometime. That's, yeah. that's Hey, you're like, oh, I just got to go somewhere. I'm just going to let it chill. <laughs> just got to go hey, somewhere. You know, it saves water. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, all right, Justin. Well, we'll let you go, man, if that's it. Unless you have anything else. Thanks, guys. Appreciate cool. it. Thanks, dude. Thank Bye, you. man. All right. We're going to take a quick break here and uh, come back and wrap things up here. And Dr. Homebrew, hang on. We'll be right back. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. 
Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. The leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S Draft.com. Ma'am, I'll need to take your top off for this examination. Oh, doctor. We're about to end the show here, everybody. So uh, real quick, thanks to uh, Justin and the third Brian for sending in beers and uh, Justin to, to delivering beers. We really appreciate that. If you guys want to be on this show, and I don't know why you wouldn't, email Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com, and he will get you sorted out, get all the details over to you, and, uh, you know, like that, and you can be on this show. If, uh, and if Brian S got a, uh, you'd have to have an S or you'd have to spell his name differently, not with that I like mine, you know, you'd have to change his name maybe to get a. Well, a there's, there's no email. possible way to ever, I mean, Brian, there's only one possible way to spell Brian <laughs> and it's with an I. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not going to change it to an incorrect manner. No. I would be maybe number two. No, maybe with like a, maybe with like a, like O U G H, like a, <laughs> some sort of weird <laughs> Irish Gaelic, like Brogan. Yeah. We could do that <laughs> at thebrewingnetwork.com. I guarantee you we get tons of, of, of email because everyone would spell that right. But yeah, please yeah, do Brian with two N's, a silent second N. Oh, we could, do, we could definitely do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Rihanna? Yeah. Oh, no, that's, let's not go there. You're not going to change over? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. not, not, not okay. just yet. Okay. All right, well, there you go. Uh, Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. Uh, we need your beers. We'll take mead, cider, yeah. wine, Kombucha, kombucha, hard seltzer. I wanted to. I want to do a hard seltzer on this show. I want a sake. Give me a sake. Ooh, kvass. sake, kvass. kvass. Okay, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> um, uh-huh. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Uh, like I said, we really appreciate it. And uh, until next time, uh, be safe, be kind to each other, and uh, wear a mask, please. Thank you. Thank you.